You're listening to Elk Point Baptist Church. Subscribe to our podcast to hear every sermon and like us on Facebook by searching Elk Point Baptist Church, located in Elk Point, South Dakota. The sepulcher, and behold, there was a great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. Matthew 28, verse 3, His countenance was like lightning and his raiment white as snow. And for fear of him, the keepers did shake and became as dead men. And the angel answered and said unto the women, Fear not ye, for I know that ye seek Jesus which was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen. Come see the place where the Lord lay, and go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And behold, he goeth before you into Galilee, There shall you see him, lo, I have told you. And the Bible says, And they departed quickly from the sepulcher with fear and great joy and did run to bring his disciples word. You know, I never get tired of hearing about, singing about, preaching about, talking about the passion of the Lord Jesus Christ. The fact that he was willing to go to the cross and bear our iniquities and all that he endured uh, for you and for me. The passion to think about the cross of Christ. And I never get tired of talking about the power. How that on the third day He rose again. The cross is just the beginning of the story, right? Because He went on to rise from the grave. And then I love talking about the purpose of the resurrection. The purpose of the cross. His passion, His power, and the purpose. The Bible says in the book of Romans chapter 4, verse 25, who, who was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification. See, we, we do more than just celebrate the resurrection, which we do celebrate. But folks, we like to talk about a little bit why we celebrate the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. He was delivered because of our offenses, our sins. He was raised for our justification to put us just before God Almighty. The Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse number 18, For Christ also hath once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust. Why? That He might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit when He rose again on the third day. I love, and it's already been said, I believe today, John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. See, Jesus came to pay the debt of the sin that you and I owe. The Bible clearly teaches that the wages of sin is death. And folks, we we all know that we uh, one day will all die, but it doesn't just speak of a physical death, it also speaks of a spiritual death, just like... Physical death is when our spirit is separated from our bodies. There's a separation that occurs. Well, we can be alive and in this world and still be living dead men. In fact, that's that's exactly what the Bible says we are. Because we're separated from God. And we'll see that in just a moment. But the Bible tells us that through Jesus Christ, He conquered. When He went to the cross, folks, He died on the cross. But when He rose again on the third day, He defeated death, hell, and the grave. And He says over there in the book of Revelation, He says, I've got the keys. 
Uh, you, you know who the one that's in charge? The one that's got the keys. Amen. And he said, I've got the keys of death, hell, and the grave. He conquered. But it's interesting, because of this, because of what He did for us so that He might bring us to Himself, so that we might be restored, He took our death, He took the judgment for our sin, the just for the unjust, the one who never sinned, for those of us who have all sinned, He took our judgment, He quite literally took our hell upon the cross that day. But when He rose again on the third day, it was for our resurrection. And the Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, that God hath begotten us by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So, why are we even acknowledging? What does, what does the resurrection really mean to you today? What is, is it just something that, wow, that was so great that Jesus did that over 2,000 years ago? And it is. But that's not all it is. The Bible says that we are begotten. In other words, Jesus preached a message and He said this, you must be born again. But the, the way we are born again, the way we are begotten, He says, is through the resurrection of Christ. So Jesus just didn't die 2,000 years ago and we just keep celebrating that. Folks, it's, He did that because it still makes a difference in lives today. There's the message of what He did, but there's the message of why He did it. He went to save us. Now, the apostles again, when you read the book of Acts, when you read those early messages, they were preaching, hey, Jesus died, but He rose again. Christ died, but He rose again. But they didn't just preach about what He did, they preached about the effects of it and what it really means to you and to me today. And I want to preach today on this thought, on the transformation of the resurrection. In Romans 6 verse 4, I find this verse very interesting. Romans 6 verse 4, the Bible says, As Christ, uh, you got to skip ahead in that, As Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we. And I want to emphasize that again. Romans 6 verse 4, As Christ was raised up from the dead, even so we. Even so, you. So there's a message in the resurrection that is often lost this time of year. As Christ was raised, even so, we. And I'll read it together there, picking up with where it starts there. As Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so, we also should walk in the newness of life. So what that verse is telling us is, is that we learn something from the resurrection of Christ that has something to do with us. Because it says, as Christ was resurrected, even so we should be living in that same resurrection power today. See, the, the Bible teaches that we experience a resurrection, a Christ-like resurrection, when you trust Christ as your Savior. That's why there's more true Christian from a biblical standpoint than just being baptized and raised in a church. There's no resurrection power in that. We are saved. We come to Christ through a powerful transformation. Now, remember, after Jesus' death on the cross, His beaten, bruised, weak, limp, and His shredded body was placed in a cold, dark grave. 
And, and as that stone was rolled in front of that door, the last ray of light fled. And darkness filled that cold, dark crypt that day. However, as we celebrate today, three days later, the Spirit of God began to move in that darkness. The Spirit of God began to move in that place where, where it seemed like all hope was gone. Where, where never was there any, ever any hope once that stone had been rolled in, in front of so many others through time. But the Spirit of God began to move. And folks, what we find out is that that same body uh, that had been crucified, laid in the tomb, burst again with brand new life and arose and emerged from the tomb. By the way, isn't it interesting? The Bible says the angel come rolled the stone away. The angel didn't roll the stone away so Jesus could get out because Jesus was able just to go right through. But He rolled the stone away for a witness to those that would be able to actually come and see exactly what happened. See, here's the picture that God gives us. The Bible teaches us that mankind, just as Jesus was in that dark place of what seemed to be a hopeless area, folks, mankind lays in that same place. You and I are in that same place, or at one time was in that same place. Beyond hope. Beyond rescue. In a place of darkness and coldness. The Bible says it this way in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1. And you hath He quickened, who were dead. Wait, what? You hath He quickened, who were dead. How were we dead? We were dead in trespasses and sins. Every one of us. Dead in trespasses and sins. So, but it says, and you hath he quickened, which just simply means to make alive. What happened? I love this. Ephesians 2 verse 4 through 6 says, but God. See, on Friday, Thursday, throughout that week, throughout the time that Jesus laid in that tomb, it didn't look like there was much, much hope. The disciples were off in fear and disappointment. Uh, the devil, no doubt, felt some measure of victory. Christ's enemies thought we finally are rid of Him. But guess what? Three days later, but God began to move. Amen? Oh, my friend, Sunday came. And, and that's what these verses are saying. And you had to quicken. You were dead. Now see, you can, no, you can no more become a true Christian, a true believer on your own, than a dead person can just decide they want to not be dead anymore. You can throw water on a dead person. You can baptize them. Does it bring them to life? You can sign them up on the church roll and stick them in the pews. Does it bring them to life? Folks, he says we are dead in Christ. And for those of you that get, get mental images, those are disturbing, aren't they? But um, dead, but, but the Bible says, but God, who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace are you saved. And He has, listened to this, raised us up together. Raised us up together to sit in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Folks, the new birth is a supernatural event. Salvation is a miracle. Amen. Oh, my friend, and if you're here today and you're saved by the grace of God, it's a miracle. 
But if you're not saved, if you don't know Christ, I know so many people that said, oh, well, I've tried religion. Well, I'm sorry to hear that. Except for this, at least you find out that junk don't work. Right? Uh, I mean, it, it doesn't change you. It doesn't make you alive. I'm glad today I'm not up here preaching some kind of religion, convert and become a part of this church. And No, no, no. I'm trying to tell you about a living Savior. And I'm not just talking about a, a Savior that, that died and rose again 2,000 years ago. I'm talking about somebody who's still alive today. And I'm talking about a Savior whose work, whose spirit, who is still searching. And we understand and we get the image of when Jesus was on the earth, how He was walking and the Bible says He came to seek and save and He was going around and He was going from town to town and place to place meeting people. I'm telling you, his, He's no longer here physically, but I'm telling you, He's here in the person of the Holy Spirit of God today. And he's still walking around this place. And I don't know what you would say your reason for being here today is, or maybe even your excuse for being here, but I want to tell you today, God Almighty knows you're here today. God Almighty knows you're listening, and I'm telling you, He's still working, and He's still seeking, because He did what He did on the cross for you. And He's not about to do what He did on the cross for you and then just leave it at that. No, He's still working. The Spirit of God is still moving. The Spirit of God is still searching. The Spirit of God is still drawing men unto Himself. I like what the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. It speaks of the darkness and the hopelessness of our condition. It says this, that the gospel is hidden and that the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ should shine unto them. It then says, but God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ Jesus. And I love the imagery here. God is, there's all kinds of things that God's tying in here. Because for one thing, He's going all the way back to creation. When the earth was without form and void and, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. But the Bible says the Spirit of God moved. The Spirit of God moved. And I'm telling you, God said, let there be light, and there was light. See, if you don't know Christ here today, what He wants to do is speak into your darkness. He wants light to come into your darkness. And He wants you to be willing to humble yourself and, and, and to see your need for Him. And I don't know about you, but I remember when that light came into my life. Amen. I remember when that light was spoken into my darkness uh, many years ago. And I saw my need for Him. I saw that the sin that I was trying to hold on to might be something I just ought to let go of. I like the way that Charles Wesley put it in song. He said, Long my imprisoned spirit lay, fast bound in sin and nature's night. Thine eye diffused a quickening ray. I woke, the dungeon flamed with light. My chains fell off, my heart was free. I rose, went forth, and followed Thee. Amazing love, how can it be that Thou, my God, shouldst die for me? See, the Bible says in Colossians 2.12 that we are buried with Him also that we are risen with Him through the faith of the operation of God who raised Him from the dead. You say, this doesn't seem like much of an Easter message. Well, I'm telling you it is if you'll just listen. 
because what God, I mean, yes, God wants us, I, I believe God can smile down on, on many of the traditions that we do this time of year. I really do. But it breaks my heart. The people who celebrate Easter with sincerity in their hearts, but they don't know God. They know religion. They know about God. And my heart today is to communicate to you, number one, if you don't know Christ, you can know Him today. You don't have to just celebrate a past event. You can celebrate a present experience. And for those of us that are saved by the grace of God, I just want to encourage you. In, in, in the grace and the mercy, the Bible says in Colossians 3, 1, that we are risen with Christ. See, the resurrection has very much to do with you in your practical experience right now. So Jesus Christ's resurrection, it pictures our new life when we come to Him for salvation. But not only that, it also pictures our new living. The Bible says in Ephesians 1, it says, And what is the exceeding greatness of His power? <laughs> I just want to stop this there a second. His power. Whose power? God's power. The exceeding greatness of His power. To usward who believe according to the working of His mighty power. What's this mighty power? The power which He wrought in Christ when He raised Him from the dead. See, we often say, and it's true, and we rejoice in the fact that, folks, the cross was not the end. Three days later, hallelujah, He rose again. But what if I told you that wasn't the end? That wasn't the end either. See, we, getting saved is not the end of the story either. Trusting Christ as Savior is not the end of the story. It's just the beginning. And so think about not only this resurrection and how it means life, but it means living. Think about with Christ. First of all, we see a presentation. Jesus arose, Jesus resurrected, and He left the tomb. Now you say, that's the, that's the easiest thing, the most common sense thing I've ever heard you say. Of course He left the tomb. But I'm just trying to make a, make a point there. It would not have done anybody any good if Jesus had resurrected and just stayed in that tomb. Stone rolled in front of the way. And here's all I mean to say is this. Do you remember what... Uh, the, the point is this. You can't hide a resurrection. When this power from on high stirs in your heart. In other words, when you're saved by the grace of God, when you're lost in your sin and dead in your sins, and the Spirit of God begins to work in your heart, and He saves you in, in the power of God, the power of creation, number one, the power of the resurrection moves into your life. Folks, in other words, you get out of the tomb. You remember what the angel said? Why seek ye the living among the dead? See, so the resurrection not only pictures our salvation, it pictures our sanctification, if you will. I mean, because after we are saved by the grace of God, listen, we're no longer among the dead. <laughs> Things begin to change in my life when I got saved by the grace of God. And, and I'm thankful, by the way, for the, the situation I was in. I was connected uh, with a good church through, through a friend of mine to where I was able to get right into a Bible-preaching church. Not everybody has that opportunity. But it, it, it helped because I got into that Bible-preaching church, and man, I like those people. And we didn't have a whole lot in common, but I'll tell you what I liked about them. They really loved Jesus. And they knew the Bible. They were trying to tell people about it. And I like that. 
I really did. And, uh, and, and that church, they didn't have any young people, really to speak of. It didn't matter to me. They had Jesus. They were preaching the Bible. They had some old people. Them old people love God. I like that. See? I mean, because there was something. I was also, now I was among the living. And I was no longer among the dead. I mean, because I, and when I say among the dead, I hope you understand what I'm saying there. Um, you know, sometimes people worry about, man, preacher, you know, I'm a Christian, but uh, man, I don't know what to do about my old buddies. Well, listen, I kept trying to reach my old buddies, but I'm telling you, what it, the, the problem would be is that when I was around them, I wasn't like I used to be. And instead of talking about the stuff I used to talk about, now I'm trying to talk to them about Jesus. Well, guess what? Uh, they weren't wanting to be around me too much more after that. And I, and, and I wish they would have. And, and some of them did come to Christ through the years. But the simple point that I'm trying to make is this. He got out of the tomb. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. See, when you get saved by the grace of God, here's all I'm trying to tell you. He makes a change in your life. Because I'm talking about the transformation of the resurrection. Uh, I, I love the illustration that God gives us in John chapter number 11 with Lazarus. Lazarus was dead. Lazarus was graveyard dead. Lazarus was stinky dead. He'd been dead for four days. Can I just try to encourage you on something right here? I know it's easy for us to look around our loved ones sometime and be saying, yeah, nope, they'll never get saved. You don't know them, preacher. They'll never get saved. And I know that because I felt the same way before. Because I usually feel a little bit more encouraged about your friends and loved ones than I do about my friends and loved ones. Anybody? You know, you know them, and you're like, oh, you preach, you don't understand these people. But, I, but you want to know something? Number one, I say, you say you don't know my family, I say you don't know my God. Amen. Amen. Seriously, because really what you don't know when you look around this room right here, you're going to look around at a whole lot of people that there's no way that they're going to get saved. There's no way they'll ever be a Christian. You're looking at one of them right here. That he'll, he'll, never, he'll never be saved. He'll, he's going to die young. I mean, because he's an idiot and lives, you know, a foolish life. And, uh, and so forth. He'll, he'll never be a Christian. He'll never be in church. But here I am. I'm not only in church, but man, I get to be. And I'm telling you, I, can I just stop and testify a second? I guess I can because I don't reckon you'll stop me. But if, you do, but if you do, I'll get some out before y'all get to me. But, but I was just sitting up here uh, just, just, just enjoying the service, enjoying the, the work uh, that was put in, that the young people put in, that the choir put in. Man, you don't know the hours that they have spent up here working on that, going out of their way, sacrificial, just awesome. Uh, half of them, you know, are driving from uh, Sioux City, Mobile, and beyond, Nebraska. Uh, I mean, it's just awesome that they still are willing to come and do that. And I'm just sitting there thinking, man, I'm blessed to be in this church, but I'm just like, am I really the pastor here? <laughs> really? Is this really the church that I get to pastor? Uh, I mean, there is, there is not a, more, there is a bl more blessed man. I've told you before, Jen, she takes a lot of our pictures. And, I, and I've done it before, but I just said, take one right here. The most blessed man alive. Just take the picture right here. Just so people know. But why is that? Because there was a time that I was just a stoned out of my mind teenage punk that didn't want nothing to do with God or righteousness or nothing else, but here I am. And when we look around this room today, man, we could just have one after the other. People to stand up and testify. You're looking at a bunch of people that would have never gotten saved. But guess what? Now they're saved. Now they're singing for Jesus. Now they're serving Jesus. I just want to give you hope today. God is still saving. Amen. Amen. 
So, but Lazarus, Jesus came and what happened? He spoke. He called out Lazarus' name. He came forth. He dropped off the, the, the grave clothes. Jesus, the, uh, Jesus said, loose him and let him go. And what I'm just trying to say is there's a presentation. When you get saved by the grace of God, the resurrection power will work in your life to where why seek ye the living among the dead? Can I say something right here? I keep asking y'all that, but I'm just going to say it anyway. Uh, there's a reason that the, the, the reason I don't go among the dead like I used to go. I remember guys used to teach me a lot. Oh, Jesse, you want to go back over here with us where we used to go? And then they would say, oh, Jesse, we remember. You can't go over there now. You can't go do this now, can you? Because you're a Christian now. And you know, they'd be kind of mocking and everything. And I'd tell them, Zach, I'd say, oh, I can go. I just don't want to go. Amen. Amen. You're not going to find the living among the dead. I can do what I want to do. I just don't want to do that no more. See, what God does, and now I'm not saying there's not a draw and a temptation. We've got an old nature and a new nature. But there's a part of every child of God. There's a part of every child of God that through the power of the resurrection of Christ that does want to do the right thing. we got the old nature that wants to do the wrong thing. But what I'm just simply saying is that there's, a, there's something in you that God will change your, uh, your desires. I heard, some, uh, I, heard, I heard it put a real theological way one time that God will change your wanter. Your W-A-N-T-E-R, I don't know. Your wanter will change. In other words, God will change your wants. Your, your wants, your W-A-N-T's. Uh, I, I talk funny. So y'all talk funny, don't understand how I talk, but there's a change. Alright, so quickly, there's a presentation, but only that quickly, there's an occupation. There's an occupation. You know, a lot of people don't realize this, but 40 days after the resurrection, did you know that Jesus was still on the earth? Acts chapter 1 verse 3 tells us that. 40 days. He didn't resurrect and just take off. Folks, there was a resurrection and He stayed here. You know why? Because God had a work for Him to do. And when, God's, when we're resurrected and we're saved by the grace of God, we have a lot. God, we still got a work to do. You're on this planet for a reason still. There's an occupation. Forty days He was on this earth. He still had something to do. There's an occupation. And God's got something for you to do on this earth. Number three, there's a transformation. When Jesus took on the form of sinful man without sin, Jesus, as He walked this earth, He was subject to the same limitations that we are. The same weaknesses that we have without the sin. But He was, he was subject to all of these things in the human body. But now after His resurrection, He was recognizable, but He was different. See, for a couple of things, after we're saved, God changes our corruption into incorruption. He changes our dishonor into glory and our weakness into power. Romans chapter 8, verse 11 says, But if the Spirit of Him that raised up Jesus from the dead, Again, I'm emphasizing that to try to show you how much of an Easter message this really is. But if the Spirit of Him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by His Spirit that dwelleth in you. See, after the resurrection, there's a few things. Jesus was recognizable, but things were different. What was different? Number one, if you've ever thought about this, Jesus still had the scars. He still bore the evidence of when he had gotten hurt. The wounds that he bore. 
And you want to know something else? Jesus wasn't ashamed of His scars. In fact, He used His scars, His wounds, to help the faith of others. You remember when He went to Thomas and said, Hey Thomas, here it is. You, you want to put your, uh, your, your fingers through the, the prints in my hands and, and the pierce of my side? He used His wounds, He used His scars, if you will, to help others. See, and being saved by the grace of God, it doesn't mean that we don't have a past anymore. It doesn't mean that we don't carry scars. It doesn't mean that there's not some things that even as we go through the Christian life, that we're hurt. And whether it be from mistakes that we have made, or just things where other people have hurt us, you may not realize this, but people will hurt you. People will do you wrong. You may not know this either, but you probably do, that sometimes you can do some stupid stuff that leads to you getting scarred. And, and, and I'm, often, I'm, I'm often reminded of a, of a message I preached years ago. It comes to my mind so many times of the Japanese art, and I'm going to mispronounce this, but you, you probably won't know the difference, but, but now you will. But of, uh, of, it's like kinjitsui. Wrong thing. It sounds more like a food. But it's a Japanese art. And the Jap- it's a Japanese art to where when a vessel would be broken, a vase, an expensive plate, or whatever it might be, rather than throwing out the pieces, they would put it back together again, which is something we can identify with. But now, a lot of times when we... I, I've broken stuff of my wife's that, you know, I'm careless with stuff. And, you know, uh, stuff we've got for our wedding, I remember moving and just throwing a bunch of stuff in the truck and just going and, uh, you know... And so I'm trying to glue that stuff back together where it's seamless. Where you can't see the wing I broke off that dove or whatever. But I like the way the Japanese do it. Because they say, no, we're not going to do it that way. What we're going to do is we're going to take gold. And we're going to mend this vessel back together with gold. We're going to put this dish back together with gold. In other words, we're not going to try to hide the flaws. We're not going to try to hide where this, where this vessel has been broken. We're going to show the glory of where this person has, this vessel has been broken. And that's what God does with us. See, we may be resurrected. We may be changed. But I'm telling you, we still bear some scars. And it's okay for us to say, yeah, look, this is what... Because scars... See, it doesn't mean that we're victims. It means we're survivors. It means that we've made it through. Amen? And so we're, we're transformed. So He still had His scars. So it reminds us, scars remind us of God's power. God's remind us of purpose. Folks, the purpose, there's a purpose in our pain. But I think about not only that, the transformation. I think about Jesus, He looked a lot the same. He looked, he looked the same, they, they were able to recognize Him, except for it seems like He disguised Himself, but as, as, as a general rule, they saw Him and recognized Him. But think about this. But he could do things he wasn't able to do before. For one thing, in John 20, verse 19, can you put yourself in the upper room for a moment? And imagine the disciples hiding up there for fear. They had the door locked. They're hiding. They're like, okay, we're in here. Nobody's going to find us. And Jesus comes through into the room, but He don't use the door. He just comes right through the wall. Hey, fellas. What y'all doing? You know, I'm paraphrasing. Uh... But he came right through the wall. And here's what I want to say. I'm going to die on those flower pots before it's over with. But um, here's the thing, though. He looked a lot the same, but he was able to go through obstacles, through walls. In other words, 
The resurrection power in your life will show you that things that used to be obstacles to you are now just opportunities. Things that used to maybe hold you back, now you're able to just step right through with the resurrection of Christ. There's walls that have been built up in your life. Some of you still struggle with these things. Some of you have walls that have been built up all your lives from things that people have told you. People telling you that you're worthless. People telling you that you'll never amount to anything. People telling you a bunch of different things about you. Those are walls. But thank God I'm glad through resurrection power you can just step right through them. Amen? God can help you to overcome your obstacles. He was able to do things He wasn't able to do before. You know something else? He could float and stuff too. He just started descending right up to heaven. Just right there He goes. And uh, just awesome. Because you know why? This earth didn't have the same pull that it had on Him before. And I'm glad through the resurrection power of Christ, this world don't have to have the same pull that it used to have on us. Amen? I mean, I tell you, I don't know if that blesses your heart, but it blesses mine. I've just got to stop and say, I am so glad today that I've experienced, and I am experiencing the very resurrection power of Christ that He experienced on that morning you and I are celebrating today. And I hope that you have. I'm glad I'm saved. I'm glad not only that I'm saved, I'm glad that the power of God is working in my life. I mean, I am not here today because I try so hard. I'm here today because of the grace of God Almighty. Amen? And so, He was able to overcome obstacles. I mean, think about all that He was able to do. See, through the Holy Spirit of God, we're able to overcome by the glory of God. And so, not only do we have life in Christ, we have abundant life in Christ. As I stand here before you today, I will say that I'm not what I used to be. I'll say that I've been changed and I've been transformed. But the only problem I have with that perhaps is that little the, the fact that that sounds past tense because you want to know something? I'm still being transformed. I'm still learning to die to self. I'm still learning to pull away from this, the, the, the gravity pull of this world that it has on me. I'm still having to learn to step through some of those obstacles and, and believe that by the grace of God that I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. And then think about this lastly, glorification. After 40 days, and we read about it in the book of Acts at the end of the Gospels, but after 40 days, Jesus ascended into heaven. And folks, I want to tell you today, when our work is finally done, because Jesus resurrected and because Jesus ascended to heaven, the day's coming that you and I are going to ascend to heaven. Amen? We're going to be going up with Him. And as we all stand here this morning and, be, and prepare to be dismissed, I thank you for your patience. I just got a question to ask you, maybe two or three, and be dismissed in just a moment. In conclusion, it's so wonderful that you're here and that we're here today celebrating the resurrection together. How wonderful. How wonderful. But there's an important question, and that's this. Have you experienced have you personally experienced resurrection? That's my question for you today. Begin to play softly. How about this? Are you living the resurrection? I don't know your heart today, and I don't know where you stand before God, but I want you to know something today. If you can hear me right now, Jesus sure did a lot for you. Jesus sure went a long, long way to make sure that you could have life. 
and have it more abundantly, Jesus died for your sins. Jesus rose again the third day. And you have a choice on what to do with that. Will you receive the gift of salvation that He's offered to you? Or are you in pride turning away? See, some people say, I'm not going to make any decision, preacher. No decision for me. No, you'll make a decision. No decision is a decision. To say I'm not going to decide, it means I'm deciding not to decide. And I'm deciding not to believe on Him as my Savior. If you have not trusted Him today, listen. The Bible says it's so simple. It says, with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. And with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. If you'll just humble your heart before God today, could you admit to Him something that's hard for many to admit? Lord, I'm a sinner. I have sinned. But Lord, I believe that You went to the cross to pay for my sin. And today, I want to turn from that sin. I want to change my mind about following in that way. And Lord, I want to believe on You as my Savior. How about it today? If you don't know Him, and the Bible says, with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, the mouth confession made unto salvation Romans 10 13 says this whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved would you call on his name today I started off by reading one of the verses 1 Peter 3 18 the Bible says that he suffered he died for our sins why that he might bring us to God think how far Jesus came from heaven down to that manger, living that life there the, uh, along Judea and Jerusalem and around those areas. Cross, dying there, rising again the third day. And here He stands yet today that He might bring us to God with His hand outstretched. And if by faith you could take His hand today, He'll bring you to God. Child of God, how you living? Are you like me and you spend way too much time bumping into walls that we could buy, we could actually go through? Are you like me being, being drawn and stuck to this world when God has a better life for you? It is for you. God, he's, he purchased, just as much as He purchased salvation for you, just as much as He purchased life, He purchased the abundant life. Barb's going to play this song and we're going to, maybe we'll sing a lot or two of it. What's the page number? 157, I hear the Savior say, Jesus paid it all. I don't know what your need is today, but listen, would you, as we sing, as we, as we play, would you maybe come to Him today? Humble yourself. I hear the Savior say, strength and it is small child of weakness watch and pray find in me 